You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. growing up and actually we dreamt that we would be in a show together we would have our own show (laughs) and we used to uh like act out scenes you know we'd write and i don't know who for because nobody saw it and clearly that never happened (laughs) because we're still here but that was such a for you know for a short amount of time we really were really invested you know we wanted people to come in to, what do you call them, agents. We really wanted an agent that would see us or spot us and, you know, make us famous and have a brother-sister show, but that never happened. (laughs) But it's okay. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we are natural dreamers, you know, and I think the older we get, the more serious our dreams become. Um, Like, I'm sure, you know, seven years ago, Sheena didn't really want to work in a... In a, in a sweet shop <laughs> to steal sweets. Uh, but yeah, like our dreams get a lot more serious as we get more focused on what we want to do, which is great. And when we think of the Bible, the Bible's full of many dreamers, you know. If you can name a few, if you think of all the men that dreamed, you think of Abraham, you know, who had that vision to, to be the father of all nations. You know, you think of Joseph, Joseph who had... Um, who also had many dreams but also interpreted dreams, you know, yeah. and he had a dream that... His brothers will bow down to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about Daniel, you know, who had his, he had many dreams and many visions. You know, Cornelius, Peter, yeah. John, like the list goes on. And that's incredible because they, in some way, shape or form, prophesied what was to come. Mm-hmm. But that, those are the men. What about the women? Come on. You know? So, who can name me one woman in the Bible whose dream is mentioned? Whose actual dream is mentioned? Um, the wife of Pilate. Yes, yes. Come on, Christine. God is with you. Yeah, absolutely. Pilate's wife, who's nameless, you know. Um, I'll just quote the scripture in Matthew twenty-seven nineteen. It says, um, "While Pilate or nine, while Pilate was still sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message: Do not have anything to do with that innocent man." For I have suffered a great deal today because, in a dream, because of him. So her dream was the only woman I could find (laughs) who was written down in the Bible. You know, this was Jesus before Pilate, before he was about to get crucified, you know. And you think, wow, Pilate's wife had a dream to set Jesus free. That was her dream, you know. She she had a dream that saw judgment (laughs) and the consequences of not joining Jesus' army, you know. Her husband didn't see it. And it makes you wonder why God didn't give Pilate the dream. He gave that dream to a woman. And Jesus was set free, you know. Um, And women were also the first women he appeared to. So, foreshadowing. (laughs) And so, you know, with that, like, uh, I'll just go straight into my first point, which is the dream of salvation, you know. Uh, The Bible says we're made in God's image, you know. And so just as 
We have dreams. We all have dreams. So does God. God also has dreams. And let's look at what his dreams are. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 3. 1 Timothy 2. Okay. From verse 3, it says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And so here, like here you have, again, and we'll go through a few scriptures tonight. Like you see, God's desire is to have a relationship with us. This is God's dream, you know, and we learn that, you know, God designed human beings to reflect his character. Because again, we're all made in his image. His desire is to use his children to transform the world. Like he wants us, you know, and I love um, Isaiah 38, verse 18. I think it really, really depicts the heart of God. And really emphasizes how he, how much he uh, he wants us, and so I'll just read it. You can write it down in verse eighteen. It says, "Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you; therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him." And so, with this word, "long," that's what the Bible says. The Lord, God, longs to 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 want us, to be with us, to have compassion on us. If you translate the Hebrew meaning, actually, that word equates to wait for, like a deep sense of waiting, longing, like someone who's starving and is just waiting for that meal, you know, you're desperate, you know, someone who's, you know, late for work or late for a meeting and you're just waiting, you're longing for that train to come or that bus to come, you are desperate, (laughs) you will jump on the next thing, you don't care how full it is, you know, and that's a desperation, you know, God has to be with us, you know, and you think, wow, like... A king, a mighty king like God is desperate to, to know us and to be with us. Mm. And yet we can, um, we, can take so, we can take that for granted, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know if, if right now you don't have a relationship with God, like, are you just as desperate for him as he is for you? Mm-hmm. Again, or do you take it for granted? I'll quote Second um, Peter 3, verse 9, because again, I think it highlights another principle about God. 2 Peter 3, verse 9, and it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. This is the heart of God. You know, we know that he, like, he hates sin. You know, he's holy. He's set apart. But yet, he isn't slow. You know, we we often wonder, you know, why do people get away with bad things? You know, why do... You know, the wicked seem like they succeed in their ways. You know, the Bible says he isn't slow. He's patient. You know, there's a difference. Um, He's waiting for people to change. You know, that's how much, again, he longs for us to be with him. He longs for us uh, to repent, to really, you know, to really change our tune and and get, get on board with him. You know, and God, how much he knows how much time you need to repent. And he gives you the exact amount of time you need. Because tomorrow isn't guaranteed, right? Yeah. And so, but that's the God we serve. He's a God that's patient. You know, again, if you're, if you're studying the Bible um, or really in a place where you're trying to get to know God, I just challenge you, you know, don't test God's patience. Yeah. You know, so often we can think, oh, you know, we've got, I have, you know, a few more years, you know, let me, 
let me get my life together and then I'll get right with God. You know, we can think we have so much time, and, but that's a lie. Satan feeds us, you know. So I really do challenge you. Don't test his patience, but actually live out his dream and just become a true Christian woman, you know. Please take that challenge. If you are in a spot where you are getting to know God a lot more, if you are a Christian woman, you know, um, and you're a disciple and you're confident of that, amen, <laughs> you know, um, again, one of, the, um, one of the biggest hindrances in our communion with God is in the way um, we can perceive him. And so what do I mean by that? You know, if you're not walking close with God, your perception of him can be very skewed, you know, be very, um, be very different. Yeah. It'll be very hard to see him as good, you know, especially if you're, if you're, Walk, if you're supposedly walking with him because you have so much expectations um, and you just don't see him fulfilling that, you know. You, you, you lose your joy. You lose your zeal to, to do his will, you know. You're not as excited to reach out to, to women, you know. You're not as excited to study the Bible. You're just in a, you're in a, you're in a slate. You're in a state. You're in a bubble, you know. If that's the case, you know, it means that dream is dying, you know. And if a dream is dying, if a dream is dead, so will your faith. It will soon follow, and very soon you'll fall away. And so if, you, if you're in that spot as well where you just don't feel that, again, you don't feel that connection, you don't have that, there's something missing. There's no um, excitement when you go to a Bible study. You know, there's no excitement when you go to church or midweek. Just really... Um, just get open, you know, like the Bible says, and work out your salvation with fear and trembling, you know, and get help, you know, because that's what we're here for. That's, we're sisters. We're here to help one another and lift one another up. And so, again, just to emphasize, you know, God has, God has dreams, you know, and as his, as his daughters, you know, as women who are created in his image, you know, it's our purpose to help him fulfill that, those dreams, you know. I'll move on to my second point which is the, the cost of the dream. And so this Sunday, or well, last Sunday, uh, Michael did a really, he gave a really powerful uh, message at the leaders meeting. Yeah. And one of the things he talked about was um, conflict, conflict at the, at the birth of a dream. Yeah. And uh, he used two examples. He used the sons of Rebecca, Jacob and Esau, and how, um, how there was conflict from within the birth, and if we just read, if we go to Genesis 27, Genesis yeah. 27, verse 23 to 26, and I'll read it, it says, the Lord said to her, this is Rebecca, two nations are in your womb, and two apostles from within you will be separated, two peoples from within you will be separated, one people will be stronger than the other, the older will serve the younger, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her room. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Joseph. Okay, so with this, you know, you can see there's already conflict in the womb, right? Yeah. Um, and... Like, this was a foreshadowing of the division that was to come, actually, between the descendants of these two individuals. But you know what? This whole concept of conflict at the birth of a dream, like, you know, sometimes when God is trying to do something great in your life, who's right there to discourage you? <laughs> yeah, he is right there to discourage you, to pull you down, and to, to counteract that, you know? I think about just even just a simple game, like... 
I don't know about you, but I don't like to lose games. <laughs> you know, nobody likes to lose games, right? And so I don't know if you've ever done this, where you're playing a game of chess or Monopoly, or, and you know you're about to lose, and you can't take it. Your pride can't take it. So you flip the board, <laughs> or you scatter the pieces, you know? Um, you do that because you don't, want to, you don't want that final move to be made. You don't want to be a loser, right? Nobody, nobody wants to be a loser. Um, I certainly don't. But you do that because you know the other person is going to win. You know? And Satan is the same way. You know? Let's look at uh, Revelations 12, verse 12, and we'll see why. Revelations 12, verse 12. Okay. All right, Revelations 12, 12, and it says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. Satan, period. Satan knows that his time is short. Hence why he is at war with us, to throw us off our game, because he knows the war has won. And so, so he knows he's going down, but he wants to take as many people down with him, you know. So, of course, he's going to flip that board game. You know, what does that mean for us, you know, in perspective? You know, again, when God is trying to give birth to a dream, like, a, like his dream, you know, just examine your life right now. Like, is there strife going on? Is there some form of conflict? And that can come in many ways, you know, whether it's conflict in family, families, you know, strife in families, or at work or school, wherever you are, wherever you spend the majority of, of your time, you know, do you feel divided from people? Do you feel unresolved with people? Like, is there, do you know what I mean? Is, is there something that's really that brewing in your heart that you haven't really dealt with? You know, these are just distractions that Satan will use to throw you off because he wants to take your eyes off the, off the game. And you know what? Don't be shocked. We shouldn't be shocked when things like this happen. Because we're in a spiritual battle, yeah. you know. So what do people do in battles? They fight, yeah. you know. And the enemy will fight dirty. And so, um, like, it, because it's so, um, it's so easy to, to be thrown off when you're shaken, you know. Yeah. I know it is for me, you know, just to share, like, like even from, I've been a disciple now for eight years. Wow. Eight wonderful wow. years, wow. you know. <laughs> you know. For eight years, and you know what? It's been conflict and strife from the beginning, you know, in my very own home. My home was like a war zone. And anybody that knows me knows I do not like conflict, <laughs> you know. And so for a long, long time, I think too long, I, I really allowed it to, to shake me, to shake my faith, mm-hmm. my faith, and, and get really distracted. And I can find myself doubting, like, like if this is right, why do I feel this way? Why, why are so many people against me? You know, why do I feel anxious going to bed at night if, this is, if I'm supposed to be a disciple, if I'm supposed to be doing all these things? You know, and it, and it really, um, man, I, I feel like it's, it's really taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as most of you know, um, I got married last year. <laughs> uh, which is awesome, but you know, even with that, I felt like that was like, World War Four, you know, like that was um, I, that was a really intense time. I felt I felt like 2017, 
was probably the best year of my life, but it was the most, by far, the most challenging year of my life because I felt a lot, again, a lot of conflict, a lot of div divisions. When it came to, um, obviously, Sean, my husband, who, who I married, amen, uh, <laughs> he, um, he wasn't very appreciated by my family, by a lot of members in my family, and they, my family are Nigerian, so they are um, heavy, heavy and loud, and they threw, <laughs> they threw a lot of um, a lot of threats. There's a lot of double standardness going on. You know, even at one point, even just considering, you know, is this even worth it? You know, it's just not worth it. Um, but you know what? Um, oh man, <laughs> to sing the song. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so you guys know the lyrics of the song. You know, when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that song, like, like that is it. When Jesus says yes, no one can say no. Like Jesus said, it's finished, it's done. And you know what? In as much as I don't like conflict, I probably never will. I've learned to embrace it, you know, because. You know, because I know some, God is trying to produce something greater, you know, and it's the yeah. same with all of us here. Like, whatever strife is going on in your heart, you know, you, like, God is trying to produce something in you. Sometimes we can question, like, why, why? We ask so many whys, you know, instead of asking, like, the what's, you know, what is it you're trying to teach me? What do I need to learn? You know, these strifes and these trials, they... Number one, they produce repentance, <laughs> if that's necessary. Um, and they produce a real deep character in you. Um, and that's what, and that's great, because that's, you know, we grow and we learn and we mature. So I just want to encourage you, sisters, if there is conflict or strife, that, you know, that you're going through a situation, get open, but don't, uh, don't run from it. Because if you run, not, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> it will follow you. You know, embrace it and fight. Because yeah. Satan's gone, he's going down and he yeah. knows it. Um, yeah. And, and uh, talking about conflict, it may not necessarily be negative. What do I mean? Um, it might actually be positive. So, like, you know, you could have conflict of dreams. Mm -hmm. So you may have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful desire or dream in your heart that you really want to do for God. But then when you see God is calling you to do something else, <laughs> you know, when you see it's obvious, then, yeah, that produces conflict in your heart as well, you know, and you can find yourself wrestling with your will, wrestling uh, with, with God's will, you know, because what you want to do may not necessarily be bad, you know, um, and that's when we really have to um, be okay with uh, destroying our dream for God's dream. And that's a, a real deep cost to count, you know. Um, and I believe it's really easy to say and it's easy to, to preach. You know, we, we're, we're in Bible studies most of the time and we preach this to women, you know, be prepared to, to deny yourself, drop your cross and live for God, you know. But sometimes we can forget that as disciples, you know, because, you know, it gets to a point as disciples, we feel, we actually feel quite comfortable in our walks with God and we feel like, you know, we can just have things our own way. Again, it's not sin, so it makes it okay. Like, I just want to do X, Y, and Z when it's just not God's plan. And I think about Jesus in the garden in Matthew 26, 26 to 33, when he says, not my will, but yours. Amen. You know, when he literally says, not my dream, but yours. That's right. And that has to be our heart. And we need to mean it, not just say it with words, because God knows our hearts and he will call us out, you know. 
we really, really have to, um, we have to mean it. And, that, and sometimes that means being willing to put yourself in a very inconvenient spot, you know, and it means being willing to trust whatever God's plan has for you above your own, you know. And again, uh, just similarly with me, like I've had dreams. I've had really what I think are cool dreams, <laughs> you know, uh, but they have been in conflict with what I feel God is calling me to do. And even till now, it can still cause a bit of conflict, like, oh, man, but I really want to do this and, you know, this and that, and I can still do, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, you know, that's in God's hands because he knows what's best. And I just encourage you ladies, like, if you do, number one, I encourage you ladies to dream, <laughs> you know, don't not dream for fear of it not being God's will, but yeah. pray that your dreams can be in line with God's yeah. will, yes. you know, to really, really, um, to really, really guard your heart. Um, and I believe, again, God isn't a God of confusion. I believe he will um, reveal that to you because yeah. he's not a God of, of, of confusion. Yeah. And so I really want to encourage you with that. Yeah. Um, all right, let me move on swiftly. Okay. I'm going to move on to my third point. Which is dream big. That's my third point. Dream big. Being, um, being a dreamer means, well, a big dreamer, means you're seeking a purpose for your life. You're living it. And hence, you're being fulfilled in a purpose. You know, dreaming big means... Like, you have a vision that's beyond what you can see, right? Uh, yeah. If you have a dream that you're going to have dinner tonight, it's not really a dream. <laughs> you're going to go home and eat. You can see it. You can imagine it. But if you have a dream that, you know, you're going to do something that you never even imagined, you know, that, that's different. You know, take the women that we're reaching out to, you know. We can have a dream that a woman can get baptized. And that's great. That, obviously, that's awesome. That's what, that's what God wants. But even push, push yourself. Push that dream. Dream that that woman you're studying the Bible with can actually lead you one day. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, because she can grow to that extent. Those are big dreams. Yeah. Like dreams that really challenge you. It's like, okay, wait. She's not even a Christian yet. <laughs> How is she going to lead me? You know, but have those, um, have those big dreams. And what I want to do is just look at a woman who was given a dream but struggled to believing it. And we'll find this woman in Genesis 18 probably guess who she was. Genesis 18, verse 10 to 14. We will look at the woman, Sarah. Come on, MJ. Right. And so this is at the point where Abraham was visited by three visitors. <laughs> and in verse 10, this is what one of them says. Verse 10, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Okay. And it goes on. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Verse 13. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I am old? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. So Sarah was approximately 90 years old. She conceived her child around 90 years old. But you can imagine, to be honest, I can really get where Sarah is coming from. Because, yes. like, 
just look at the reality of the situation. She's yeah. 90, wow. okay? Right. So probably hasn't seen a period in a long time, <laughs> in about 40 years. So it's like, that's just the reality of the situation, you know? And it's... <laughs> you know, it's the reality of it, you know? And so when you say, and, and you need that to have a child, <laughs> you need to ovulate to have a child. And so long past menopause, like she's, she's an old woman. And so she, that's why she laughed. Like it was like, okay, are you, like, are you, are you for real? And I can, I can, I would probably do the same if I was in her shoes. So if someone told me something that I thought was ridiculous, you know, but you know what? It just really goes to show that, you know, our faith really does need to be uncontainable. Like, don't compact your faith. Like, dream. Don't let someone else stop you from dreaming big, even if it does sound ridiculous. Because, again, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing, you know. Um, and I just want to share, like, it's, it's so interesting because on, um, on Sunday at the East service, Sean challenged us to... Um, share this hashtag, you know, Theresa May, come to Women's Day. He challenged us. Yeah, he challenged these people. So with a show of hands, who, who actually went and posted that hashtag? Okay, all right, okay. Okay, okay. Amen, amen. Okay. Amen. Who was the first? Who was the first one? I think Leanne was the first one to share it. Yeah, I want to lift up Leanne. She has faith. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Actually, with the show of hands, I think faith is an issue with the show of hands. Because I'm not gonna lie, when he said that, in my heart, I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> Sorry, confess. I was like, "Come on!" Like she's the prime minister. Like. She's probably like she has no time to come to things like this. She'll probably be signing a war treaty somewhere, you know. Like she, why would she come to thing like this? And that night I didn't put it up. It did, I even forgot about it. And at home, Sean asked me. So he was like, he knew I hadn't put it up, but he still asked me, and I knew he knew. <laughs> so he asked, you know. So very very casually. So you know, babe, did you put the hashtag on? And I confidently said no, as in. No, were you serious? You know, type thing. Like, were you serious? And, like, he just shook his head. He just shook his head because he could just see my lack of faith. Like, lack of faith. I was like, Theresa May, what business does she have coming here? But I, I really did see my lack of faith, and I was convicted. And I was like, man, you know, I want to talk about having big dreams for people, but I can't even, you know, write a simple hashtag, you know, so I was so, so convicted, and, you know, I just prayed, I got my heart right, I did put up the hashtag in the end, I put up the hashtag, but you know what, I went beyond that, actually, Come on. I had time, I, bet I had a bit more time at lunch, my lunch break today, yes, um, and so I actually went on the, the parliament government website, wow. so this is a site where, actually, if you need to flag up I guess, concerns, issues, petitions with your prime minister. You send an email. So I was like, okay, I'm going to send her an email. So I drafted an email just saying why I think she should come. Um, it was a great event. She's a woman, just wow. like you and I. You know, if you cut her, she will bleed. You know, yeah. you, She's just a woman, just like us. She's a powerful woman, yeah. but she's still just a woman. So I drafted, I, I was filled with so much faith. I drafted this email and I sent it. And what they do is, obviously, they need to scrutinize the email, so yeah. they're not going to send her abuse. 
Like, they, you know, they'll filter that through. And I received a reply just saying, not from her, but just saying your email will, they scrutinize your email. So they, they wrote back to me saying your email will be successfully sent to the Prime Minister's Amen. office. So she will see it. Come to Women's Day. I believe that. I believe that. And so, so I want to encourage you, ladies. If you haven't posted that hashtag, you know, do it in faith. You know, you never know. Just do it in faith. You know, please. And I love um, Ephesians three thirty. It says, I'll just quote it. it. Just says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, <clears throat> according to his power that is in work within us. You know, and that scripture really just speaks for itself. Like, again, God cannot be tamed. The work of God cannot be tamed. You know, like we are just like God has made us all beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully. You know, the the mere fact that everyone is here is a miracle. Like you are a result. Every woman here is a result of someone's dream, someone else's dream or someone's prayer or someone's fast. Someone worked hard for you somewhere, you know. Maybe you know the person, maybe you don't. And it's just a, it's just a blessing and a miracle. And, to, and the fact that you're here alone shows that, you know, God is going to entrust souls to you. Wow. Yes, you. God is going to, whether you're, you know, 20 years in the faith or two months, you know, you can change the life of a woman. Amen. And I believe that's what he wants us to, um, that's what he wants us to do. Amen. And I just want to share Matthew 9, 29. It's very simple. It just says, according to your faith, let it be done. And yeah. so the measure of faith we have is the results we will receive. So <laughs> we want to see big things. We need to put our faith into, into action, you know. But you know what? Like, we serve a faithful God, yeah. you know, a very faithful God. Mm-hmm. And again, remember his dream. Like, his dream is to, um, his dream is for the world. You know, he has an amazing, yes, he has an amazing dream for the world, but he has an amazing dream for women as well. Like, we can feel, we can feel um, secure in him. You know, we can feel secure in who we are in him. You know, not what we do as a profession or what our talents are or whatever. It's, you know, you're a disciple, so you're precious in his sight. So just believe that. Believe that God can use you to really elevate women, you know, and, there's a really incredible book. I'm sure most of you or some of you yeah. have probably read it uh, by Elena McKean yeah. called Elevate. Yeah. You know, if you have the book, you know, I challenge you to read it just before Women's Day. Uh, why? You know, so you can elevate the women that come out, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, because, again, I, be, I, I love Javelin's prayer just to have uh, uh, the most impactful Women's Day, yeah. you know, and let this be different. I think this Women's Day should be different, you know, yeah. you know not just about gathering a collection of like people yes. in a room, just like sand, you know the gathering sand theory, you, you pick up a, a handful of sand and then it just seeps through your fingers mm-hmm. and then you're left with nothing, you know, these grains of sands are souls and so mm-hmm. let's not have a huge, huge women's day and then we just neglect them afterwards yeah. just to say we had, you know, 310 or 410, wow. let's care for these souls, really, wow. every single woman that ca- comes out, care for them yeah. and you know, sometimes actually events like this, Satan will always, can always yeah. use something good to twist it, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can have wrong motives yeah. for, for bringing people out. We really can. We can have selfish motives. So just pray yeah. that your motives can be pure. It's not just about you and 
okay, you know, I've brought out like 15 guests and you, you want to be lifted up, you know, don't make it about you. Be yeah. completely pure because I believe Amen. if our hearts are pure, God will bless it. Um, and again, like I said, just really care for these women's souls, you know, and not just the women you bring out, <laughs> but care for everyone because, you know, I've seen it. I've actually seen it in the past and it's like, it's crazy, you know, it's like, you say hi to someone and, you know, and that's it. It's like, okay, you're not my guest. So <laughs> you, you don't give your heart, you know, yeah. but it's like, man, that's a soul. Whether you brought that woman out or not, that's a soul. So love every single woman that comes. Love them deeply from the heart. Not just your own people, you know, but everyone. And uh, I really, really do believe that God will bless. God will give us a harvest, you know, if our hearts are pure and we're really doing this for his dream. He will bless this harvest. So a few practicals uh, before I close. Um, Number one, to make a list of all your friends, all the women that you plan to invite or have invited and pray for them daily by name. Pray for them daily by name. So not just tonight and then pray the night before Women's Day. (laughs) Daily pray for them. And uh, number two is to contact the women on your phone this week, you know. Contact them, the women you already, if you haven't already, I'm sure some of you are already on it and you've already sent all the messages out, um, like, a long time ago. But if you haven't, do that this week so that by Sunday you can have confirmation this week. Um, And again, these are just souls. They're not just numbers of individuals to come to an event. These are souls, actually, that can lead nations. Pray for that. Um, And then on Sunday, uh, we can... um, in your respective le- uh, regions, you can um, keep each other accountable and just follow up with that. Okay? So, guys, that is my lesson. Okay? Just uh, want to encourage you guys to really, really dream. Uh, dream big, you know, and just believe that, like, God determines the times and the places. Believe that you're here for a reason. If you're in this room, like, God will use you if you're in this room. Really, really believe that. Um, and not be afraid to count that cost. Put your dreams, put your dreams aside for the dreams of God Almighty. Amen. Okay. To God be the glory. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, for now, we're gonna. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot UK. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one